1: it's time to get outside this is ksl outdoors brought to you by tracks power sports rentals two hours of stories and information on hunting fishing and high adventure ksl outdoors with tim hughes on ksl news radio 102.7 fm and 1160 a.m Welcome back. Nice to have you with us this morning, Tim and Russ, in studio here at Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City as we record on a Thursday. Nice and sunny outside today. It is. You wanted to do the show outside. Yeah, shirt sleeve weather today. Not quite <laughs> sixty, which you were professing no, when you I walked know. through the door. Know. You know that was yeah. Uh, Navinovskis is also with us at the compound up there in Kaysville. One day re- removed from uh, the official retirement. Yes. Yes. And then on a regular basis, he'll be rubbing it in for the next, uh, I don't know how many years until I can pull the trigger here.
2: Course, you know, people were saying, are you going to continue doing the show? I'm like, oh my gosh, the show's going to go to a new level because I'll be in <laughs> faraway places.
1: Yes, absolutely. And we'll be looking to check in with you. Um, before we get to talking ice fishing, which I had planned on doing here, and I'll bring Nate Zielinski into the conversation in a second, I, I always... Uh, When we go to commercial breaks, how many years have we said some of our best conversations always happen? By far. During commercial breaks. No offense to our guests. Yeah. But, yeah, we have good conversations. We we do. Uh, Some of them wouldn't... It wouldn't air here. It wouldn't pass the muster (laughs) with uh, the FCC. right. But... Who would have known that Navidowskis, way back when, when he was working for Smiths, actually uh, invented some kind of snow removal gear since we were talking about removing snow. I think somebody sells what you did back then as a commercial product now.
2: Wow. Well, yeah, I got this sled thing, and I put these plow things on it, and I put some skis, and I drilled some holes, and and I, I, I tapped it to a water ski rope. And then I'd get on the roof of Smith's Food King at one end and then yell, hit it. And then the guy pulling my Subaru would drive it fast and we'd push all the snow off. And then after, you know, a few times, it went too far and flew off (laughs) all the way to the ground and got destroyed.
1: Yeah. Nothing dangerous about this at all. Ah, uh, Maybe it's the liability insurance that uh, causes the problem. It's funny you're talking about that, though, because... Uh, Snowbird and maybe Alta, Two uh, had some video yesterday since they had the downtime, obviously, with the canyon closed. They said all hands on deck, literally, because they were out uh, removing. They had ski patrol that were actually removing the snow off of the top of some of the building structures right. because it's so dang heavy. You right know, I,
2: I offered to do it at my regular pay. Um, but it it turns out the door to the freezer wouldn't open because the roof was crushing it (laughs) so much. And then I said, yeah, he goes, well, get up there now, because we'll pay you this much. And then the the next day, Harmon's collapsed in
1: Ogden. Oh, my gosh.
2: So then he gave me a crew, and that's when we started farming. That that snow is heavy.
1: Yeah. You know, it can be dangerous. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it may have an effect on the ice fishing, too. Nate Zelensky is with us. Uh, he joined us about a month ago. We were talking about some events that were coming up with Tightline Outdoors. Nate, nice to have you back.
0: It's a pleasure to be back. I appreciate you guys.
1: Hey, before we get to uh, the general information about your events, which are right around the corner, let's talk ice fishing in general and what is safe to be out on as far as ice goes. You would know intimately right now, Nate, because you've been preparing for an event. My guess is that ice in Utah should be safe everywhere, but I'm wondering what kind of an effect the snow on top of it has been having.
0: Absolutely. You know, and there's so much to it, honestly. It's crazy. We work with insurance agencies and towns with that question of what is safe ice. And, you know, everybody wants to go by a thickness, and that's what they want. You know, they want that surefire hey, if you're on five inches, you're good. Seven inches, you're good. You know, the the Division of Natural Resources publishes, you know, a little chart saying that. But at the end of the day, ice quality is everything. You can be on thinner ice that is of good quality versus thicker ice that is poor quality. So, you know, you want ice that is absolutely clear. So the clearer the ice, the better the ice. And it's kind of funny because obviously ice is made of water. But if you look at ice and if you get UV breakdown on top, so the sun beats down on the top of it, it actually kind of fragments a little bit and gets soft, and water starts seeping through. And the second that water starts seeping through, you get ice rot. So talking about snow, if it was very cold, single digit, we do not want snow. Snow is the enemy because we want no insulation, and we want to build, build, build. When we get the temperatures like we're having right now where you're in T-shirt weather – we love the snow because it's protecting the ice that we have. So snow is kind of a catch-22. When it's cold, we don't want it. When it's warm, we love it because it prolongs the season. So right now we have good ice, I mean, pretty much all over Utah. Um, When you get these really warm days, you might get a little bit of soft edges just because uh, the rock and the mud will warm up, and you'll soften that first foot or two. But for the most part, our nights are still very cold. Our nights are long. Uh, You know, the peak of that sun is only a couple hours during the day. So right now we're in great shape. Uh, you know we take it like a, a week or two at a time, but but right now we're really in good shape.
1: Yeah, wow, that's much more than I would have a, a expected. I was about ready to rip through the three, five, six, eight, eight inch stuff, uh, but that that really goes a long way in uh, explaining it. All right, here's a list, and Navi, you can jump in here too, of places that the Division of Wildlife Resources um, uh, made up the top ten here or ten places anyway where you can go uh, ice fish. And southern Utah, even, there's some spots here. Fish Lake, obviously that's a higher elevation lake with perch and trout. Panguitch Lake in Garfield County offers trout. In the Uinta Basin, there's Flaming Gorge Reservoir, where uh, I think the burbot thing is happening right now. And Starvation Reservoir in Duchesne County with perch, trout, and walleye. But in the northern part, close to Salt Lake City, I'm sure, Navi, you've got your favorites. And the most used, probably, is Strawberry Reservoir.
2: Yeah, Strawberry is the
1: go-to for sure. Uh, Manaway is listed here in Box Elder County with Very perch. Very good place. It's got a lot of sun and warm water fish in it. And and easily accessible, I think, is probably one of the benefits of uh, Manaway. Pineview is listed here. Rockport is also listed here. Echo Reservoir, you know this one well, Nate, because you got an <laughs> event that's coming up. Is it a week from now?
0: It is a week from now, exactly.
1: Um, how are things going as far as signups?
0: It, it's good, I'll tell you. We're excited about it. You know, speaking of those names, I think you got to look at some opportunities. I I fish across the country, everything from Minnesota, you know, to Idaho and Montana. And I mean, you look at the perch population in Fish Lake. You can't ever overlook that. I mean, maybe not the biggest, hardest-fighting fish, but i tell you, when you catch them and bring them home to the table, there's nothing like it. And I don't think you can ever overlook the gorge. Um, I mean, I have lake trout fish everywhere in this country, and the lakers that you're pulling out of the gorge are second to none and a resource that is, you know, 50 to 100 years old. So just to pipe in there, those two fisheries between the perch fish Lake and the lakers at the gorge, I mean, that's world-renowned, and I think everybody in the basin should really think about hitting those because they're so close to you and navi, uh, Na- navi
1: hang on a second nate uh navi some people are actually surprised when they hear that you can catch perch and do it well in the winter you know
2: perch is when that's when you want to catch them um, the best one was pine View. um and by the way as he says they're delicious they make a little filet you just fry them up with some french fries yeah. oh they're dip mm-hmm. them in some fried some sauce but look um Plainview lost all their perch. They had millions, but those uh, tiger muskies ate them. Mm. Um, But, yeah, wherever there's perch, you got easy ice fishing and, oh, absolutely delicious.
1: All right, Nate, let's take the last two minutes of this segment to talk about your events. One is coming up next week, uh, and I asked a minute ago, how are signups?
0: Absolutely. Sign-ups are looking good, and we're excited about it, you know. So it's at Echo Reservoir. It's cool because they did a lot of construction on the park. So it had closure almost all last year. So the ice fishing pressure, just the pressure in general, has not been hard. So there's a ton of fish in there. I heard last week fishing was a little slower than it had been, but honestly, I really anticipate off this full moon. I think fishing is going to be absolutely outstanding.
1: That one is uh, the 21st, and then then you then you turn around. Yeah, uh, you turn around a couple of weeks later, and you're at Steinecker.
0: Exactly. So, Echo this coming weekend, Steiner the two weekends after that, seven thousand five hundred dollar prizes per event. Uh, they're shaping up to be amazing.
1: Did I miss one? Uh, no, there's just those two in Utah, isn't it? And then, <laughs> then and two in Utah. Yep. Then you head to Colorado. Remind people about uh, real quick the um, structure of the event itself because it is unique in the sense that you drill all the holes.
0: We do. So we eliminate all foul play. So we pre drill the holes 30 feet apart and we leave room for like 30, 40% extra holes. But you basically show up with a rod and some tackle. You go through our check in process super easy and you're going to walk out to a gridded course of, you know, literally 1,500, 2,000 holes. You can move around as much as you want, and it goes by heaviest single fish. So no tags, no hooks hoops to jump through. The heaviest single fish goes home with $7,500 cash. Uh, and, again, we pay out to the top 30 places, over 25000 in total uh, per event in cash or price.
1: All right, and tell everybody uh, that may hear this maybe for the first time how they can reach out to you over the next week or couple of weeks anyway.
0: Absolutely. Just search Tightline Outdoors. You search Tightline Outdoors on the web, on Facebook. You'll get a hold of us. and get our registration process. It's $55. We have random prizes. We got free hot chocolate, coffee, donuts for everybody. Uh, very user-friendly. We make sure every youth goes home with a prize. Uh, we just want to welcome everybody to it and uh, have everybody come out and give it a try.
1: That's what you call a warm welcome on a cold yeah.
0: day. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, ice Fisher. Go to tightlineoutdoors.com. Nate, as always, thanks.
0: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
1: We'll take a quick break and we'll talk more fishing when we come back. Nat and helps us out with fish bites. Next. Himself a woman that loves fish. One day at the tackle shop his
2: dream
3: came true, and now for everyone he catches, she catches too Hey Baba, oh, she
2: fishes, fishes better, better than you. Than you. Ooh.
3: Hey,
2: Bo- she fishes better than
1: you. Let me tell you some of my favorite uh some of my favorite fish bite segments are when I asked Navi, What do you got for me this week? And he says. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy. Well, I've been busy planning other things like retirements yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway,
2: anyway. Well, I, hey, I got a class starting next week. Oh, um, what is it? And, uh, I'm sorry. What
1: is it? Yeah.
2: My my beginning class. Look, okay. First of, let me just say on the outside, it's sold out. I'm sorry, but it's sold out. Um, I thought look, you were done with these classes. Was, hang been, on, hang on.
1: I thought you were yeah. done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I have been inundated since I retired last spring. To one more time, I got my nephew, I got my son. And you know, we want to, you know, and and I kind of kept thinking, maybe I'll do one, maybe I'll do one. And my wife says you should do one. Yeah. So look, I'm going to do one. And there's another motivation. I have an online class, and it's not put together yet. It's almost done, but I decided I needed to nice. film. My class. So I'm going to film my class. About time, yeah. And um, and I never advertised it, and it's still sold out.
1: By the way, both Russ and I have money riding on the fact that you're not done anyway. Exactly. Go go ahead. (laughs) My (laughs)
2: wife says I should teach one a year, just one. She says just one a year. And she says you'll miss it. And when you're not working all day, you won't be tired, so you'll really enjoy it. So let me say this. If I were to do one a year, it's going to (laughs) be fall, I think. Okay. Um, because I don't want to miss skiing, like we're, we're going to stay. Look, we got lots of skiing ahead. We why would you do that? Right, why would vamp. you do
1: that right in the middle of your football season, though? Yeah.
2: Well, I, that's why I'm in town. I'm oh, okay. in town for the youths and see skiing. I'm skiing Chamonix. I'm skiing Japan next year, and so I don't think I could do a January class. So I might do a fall class, and then one fall class every year because of the very purpose of the youths. I have to come back to Utah. Gotcha, but. So anyway, I've got a, a class, and if people say, is January your favorite time? It very well could be. I think fall's my favorite, but January is phenomenal. And, and by the way, I know so many people who don't fish this time of year. So let me just talk to you a little bit about fishing in the winter and why you'd want to do it in Utah, okay? Yep. We, we have some really great rivers. We don't have a lot of rivers. I mean, we live in a basin, and it's kind of a desert. But the rivers we have do really good in the winter, and the reason why is our favorite friend, the whitefish. And so the whitefish spawns in the winter, and they have so much calorie, meaning eggs, that they put weight on the browns in the winter. So most fish put on all their fat stores and basically all their weight during the summer months, but not our Utah fish. Our Utah fish actually do way better in the winter. And the reason why is because it's so warm now that they really lose their appetite. They don't do well in the summer months because of the temperatures of the water. They just survive. But in the winter, they flourish because the temperatures are what they like, and the whitefish is so prolific here that the the roe that comes from the whitefish supports these browns, and that's why the browns are so beautiful and so healthy, and we're really lucky to have them. And I always say that the whitefish is maligned, and people don't like them, and they call them fish. These are just naive people. The whitefish spawn in late January, so they're going to be spawning any day okay and when whitefish spawn they spawn in the deepest part of the river and that goes back to the days when we had no reservoirs the the Weaver River the Provo River they would get really really low and in some cases probably didn't even flow but what they had were pools that lasted all winter long just deeper spots in the river where water remains that's where whitefish spawn and they have to spawn in those places because they're winter spawners and historically it would be the only place in the river where there was still water. So they go to the deepest part and they all go together. They're a schooling fish. So they all go together and then they spawn and their row is amber or yellow. And the browns love it. I mean, it's their favorite food. Um, and by the way, in case you didn't know, the whitefish supported a lot of communities like Hanover and Morgan during the Depression that people would drag their nets through through the Weber and gather those whitefish. And by the way, whitefish are delicious. They're the ones you want to eat. I wouldn't call them trash fish for the life of me. They're amazing. And they're, you know, they're fat. I mean, when I mean fat, they're fat with meat. So if you're going to eat a fish, that's the one you should eat. But more importantly, it makes fishing in the winter so great. The fish love the temps. I know a lot of people don't. But as you, if you listened to me last week, I talked about how to dress. No bad weather, just bad clothing. And you get out there, and the air is fresh. And sometimes the inversion makes it even fresher. And you just get into the water, and the fish are prolific. And my, my students are going to do fine um, because it's a great time of year to teach a class.
1: Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, all right, we'll leave it at that. We've got news update coming at the top of the hour. You were mentioning a minute ago that on your plans, and uh, Becky and I would love to be able to kind of riding your coattails on this idea of skiing Japan. Did you get your Epic Pass uh, email this week?
2: Um, Epic Pass email? No, I don't think I did.
1: It says, claim your five days at Hakuba Valley. Host of the 1998 Winter Olympics. Boasts 10 resorts, 143 trails. Average of 32 feet of snow a season. And they also are pushing another resort that gets 45 feet of snow in Japan. The uh, Rusutsu Rissutsu. Um best terrain, 1,378 acres to explore, all now on the Epic Pass. So there you go.
2: Well, we got Icon and Epic, and, and definitely the island of Hokkaido is good with the yep. Icon, so yep. we're
1: good. Yep, so there you go. Uh, all great stuff. Navi, thank you. No worries. We will uh, take a break for news, and on the other side, we'll check in with the Division of Wildlife Resources. Also, in the next hour, we're headed to Ruby's at Bryce Canyon for a little winter
3: fun. I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.